You are tuned in to Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast, sharing Indigenous history, topics, and community stories. Hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. First, a big thank you for tuning in to episode 18 featuring guests from the Tucson Indian Center. It has been a few months since our last episode due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so I hope everyone is staying healthy and safe in all places and spaces. So, because of current circumstances, we will be doing the interview remotely through WebEx. For decades, the Tucson Indian Center has offered youth and elderly programs, job services, education programs, cultural activities, and emergency assistance. With that being said, I'd like to welcome TIC staff to the interview. Now, could each of you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Why don't we start with you, Veronica? Okay, good morning, everyone. Greetings. My name is Veronica Boone. I am the currently the TIC Wellness Operations Manager. I'm Navajo and of the Laguna Tribe, but enrolled with Navajo. I've been in the Tucson area for almost 30, well, 25 years. So I feel like I definitely have some love for Tucson. Love the work that we do with the Indian Center and it's... Um, Really, it's push and it's mission and vision to really serve the urban American Indian community. So thank you for having me, and I'll leave it up to, we could go with Drew next. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is Drew Harris. I am the community cultural specialist here at TIC. I've been working here going on, what, two and a half years now, running the Tribal Practices for Wellness grant funded by the CDC. And I guess I'll be talking a little bit more about that later. But I'm also a Thonawatham tribal member where my family is from the uh, Chulik village in the Babakiri district. Okay, and we have a third guest as well. Greetings, everyone. My name is Dearlyn. I come from the Navajo tribe. I'm originally from northern Arizona, but I started my journey here in Tucson, going to the U.S.A. and graduating with a B.A. in sociology and special education. I currently am the wellness case manager at Tucson Indian Center, but I started out as the wellness transportation and record specialist. I just had my one-year anniversary at TIC June 3rd, and uh, it's been going really great. I uh, just want to say thank you for having us on here, and I look forward to talking more. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you all so very much for taking this time, especially during a time as crazy that we're in right now. But yeah, it's good to come back. It's been a couple of months, actually, since we did an episode because of everything happening right now. But I'm glad that you guys had the time to come and be on this podcast All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and just jump right into it. We're going to start off with our first question. Any one of you, Daryl and Drew or Veronica, are welcome to answer this first question. Anyone can share a brief history of Tucson Indian Center, just so that our listeners can have a better understanding of how long TIC has been in the area. Um, Sure, I could take this question. TIC actually started as a social club, just Native families who were in the Tucson area kind of congregated into certain areas. For example, 
South Tucson, uh, Marana. There's Yaqui Village there, what is called Old Pasqua near on Grant Road. And so it was more of a social club, so it wasn't anything formalized. It was just a way for families to get together, to talk, to mingle, to eat together, but then also to celebrate their heritage, their culture, and what's familiar to them. So that was in about the 40s, but they had the foresight, a few of the families, to think that they really needed strong organization that could also serve and meet their, their needs and their interests. So actually, Tucson Indian Center Incorporated in 19, I believe, 67. I'll have to get the information on that. But it's been a long time. We just celebrated our 57th year of existence. Wow. So I think that's pretty remarkable given the time that as a nonprofit, we've seen, you know, groups come and go, organizations, you know, lose their funding or, you know, something comes up. But we have a really strong board who several of their family members actually started the incorporation process back decades ago. So we're very lucky to still have that continuity the vision, the leadership, and the guidance that we're really here for the community. So since then, we've started mostly with social services. And then um, around the 2000 mark, we actually were awarded an Indian Health Services grant called the Title V grant. And that allowed TIC to expand its services to basically double and if not triple its size since that time. And that's where we have a lot of the programs and a lot more staff who um, were able to hire and again, to provide more services and resources and just a lot of activities and events for the community. That's great. You know, as long as I can remember moving to Tucson, that was always a place that I heard of and I knew that I could go to for any resources, help that I needed to help jumpstart, you know, what I was trying to do, especially when it comes to uh, looking for like job searching, I guess. When it comes to services being provided to the clients, what are the most needed assistance that uh, is most requested? Okay, I can take that one too. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we have uh, two different departments, actually. So we have our wellness side, um, which is our wellness department, of which Drew and Dearlyn are a part of. And then we also have the social services side. So under the social services side, it's more like more immediate needs that clients and community members might be interested in. For example, like you mentioned, Tina, the job search. So getting out there, doing work experience, you know, us being able to help with little things like work clothes, tools, things like that to help people get in and to obtain and to keep a job. Because when you think about it, having a job really is a step. It's like a foundation for success. You know, it's hard to be successful if you're wondering where you're going to sleep, where your next meal is going to come from, what are you going to do two weeks from now. And on top of that, if you have a family, you know, that adds a lot of stressors to what um, any person is going through. So I think a lot of the requests that we get are for job search. You know, that, that stability is what they're looking for. And then in addition to that, we used to offer, and I believe that we might um, have the opportunity to offer again, um, emergency rental assistance, utility assistance, and things like that. But that's open to the general uh, t- uh, community in Tucson, so it's not just urban American Indian specific. Oh, wow. I could be corrected on that, but it's still something that we provide. When we were open, we also provided food boxes, diapers for children and adults or briefs. And that's something that, again, these little things that do cost a lot of money, especially if you're on a budget, but something that we offer to the community. 
So once those immediate needs are kind of taken care of, then we could also focus on the wellness side. So health and wellness, you know, all the things that we do there. And I'll stop talking now and I'll leave it to Darlin and um, Drew to talk a little bit about what they do with their program. Okay, thank you. So being a part of the wellness department and being a wellness case manager, we get a lot of clients. Majority of the clients use our services, whether if it's just uh, giving them referrals to places such as getting homes, food assistance, rental assistance, or just providing a safe space. We do offer support groups such as AA, White Bison, and Native Sisters. And it was recently started a elder support group, but that kind of took a pause because of the current pandemic we're in. The Wellness Department in general also offers transportation for our clients to and from medical appointments. And we also offer home deliveries of medications or we could just pick up their medications and they could come to us at TIC to pick it up. Uh, but that's pretty much what a wellness case manager would uh, go about with assisting the clients. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yes, and with my program, uh, like I mentioned, working under the Tribal Practices for Wellness Grant, it's basically an effort to really take a deeper look into how tribal practices within our culture as Native people, how that has an impact on our health. And so, you know, we've created these past couple of years that we've been creating programming to kind of uh, fulfill those needs. So, for example, we've offered language classes. So we've had uh, Navajo language, Tonawatam language, both intermediate and basic, completely free of charge. We work really closely with the University of Arizona and have some of their master's students who are trying to be uh, language teachers in the future come over to TIC and offer those classes uh, completely free to our community. We've also had traditional arts and craft classes. So we've had native sewing class where we've put on a, a fashion show after creating uh, traditional ribbons, shirts, and skirts, and kind of shared what that cultural meaning is behind uh, our regalia and why we wear it, where we wear it. And we've also had like uh, pottery making, rattle making, and uh, basket weaving classes. So all of these are just kind of efforts to kind of, uh, I, I think I always say this, at the end of the day, to be healthy, it, it just takes you going outside, working out, you know, eating the healthiest things possible. Of course, we hear that all the time. But I think for our population, sometimes there's just that extra needed element of culture to help motivate you to go do those things for yourself that that is much needed. So this is why I'm very thankful. I'm very excited to have this grant here at TIC uh, because I've seen the changes within our community the last two years. I was also going to add that uh, under Drew's program that they also offered possible Yaqui language. And then they also do um, like cultural history. So like, for example, with, under the social services department, under their leadership um, program through the Margaret Casey Foundation, um, for example, if they talked about uh, voting for Native mm -hmm. Americans, how recent that is. Mm -hmm. um, but just also having local tribal leaders come and speak to our clients and community members about how they got started, but then also providing like leadership, like almost I want to say lessons and mm -hmm. tips so that mm -hmm. we create a stronger, more unified community voice. And then under the wellness department, another thing that we do that we see a lot of is people who need 
like Darlin mentioned, AA meetings, the white bison, Native sisters, but then also people are interested in treatment, accessing medical services, behavioral health services. Our case managers, they're like a guide through that system because it's a complicated system. But if people aren't covered, we can provide resources and information on how to get coverage, uh, where to go, who to see, et cetera, just to help uh, navigate that entire kind of like messy system. But that's just a little bit about what we do. And when it comes to somebody being interested, what is one of the first steps that they would need to take if they needed any services from Tucson Indian Center? Darlene, do you want to take that one? So normally prior pandemic, we would have like a weekly (laughs) orientation on Mondays at 10 a.m. So uh, people would come in and ask what they need to do to get registered into the wellness or the social service department. Uh, We would just let them know that they would have to attend the Monday weekly meetings. And along with that, the wellness and social services department gives a presentation on all the services that they offer. And it depending on if they want to register with both, but more of wellness, we would make an appointment with them, us case managers. Uh, we have an intake packet that they would fill out with some required documents, such as like tribal enrollment, verification of address, IDs. And the intake packet is fairly tedious. And it's just a lot of information that we would need in the long run to better themselves and why they want to use our services. But yeah, that's traditionally how it would go. But now possible clients who would call in, they would just ask that they'd have the intake packet mailed to them and they'd fill it out. We'd receive it back and we would give them a call and just walk through uh, the intake packet with them and get them enrolled into whether department But yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory and we're there just to walk them through it. The main thing is just going to the orientation, but now it's just getting the intake packet returned, whether it's through email or mail-in. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think that was really good information for the listeners to know. And uh, you're right about everything being sent through email or by mail. (laughs) Even I've had to kind of get used to sending out mail and receiving mail and making sure I check my mailbox now. With that being said, what ways during this whole pandemic are you guys actually keeping um, your current clients engaged? I could take this one. So uh, one major thing that we're doing has, of course, just been doing our virtual videos. So myself and our diabetes coordinator, you know, we had been in the office where we had no contact with our our clients at one point, I think from March, that month of March, and we were still in the middle of trying to figure out how we're going to work from home, how we're going to provide services. And so we just got uh, tired of not seeing our clients. And so we got together and started creating videos. And we started off with like simple gardening videos, which went into like workout videos, which now has really evolved into more of like a teaching style type of video. So we just completed a basket weaving uh, virtual class. We've done three uh, virtual harvest, showing you the process from picking to cleaning to cooking different uh, native fruits and such around around this community. And so even with like uh, our wellness uh, case managers, we still provide uh, sobriety classes through this WebEx group meeting setting. 
And also, I think our two-spirit group is also meeting virtually through WebEx. So we're still being able to, you know, see that face-to-face contact uh, while still doing social distancing at the same time. And uh, like Veronica said, we're still uh, answering phone calls and doing the best we can. Uh, Even with job placement, I think it was reported through our social service department that there was like two or three job placements, even considering our, our situation right now. So we're still in operation, still providing services and trying to be as creative as possible. In addition to Drew, I just wanted to share that majority of the TIC wellness staff, and I believe the social service department as well, we provide daily well-variety checks to our clients. Also with that, we created a care package committee to where we've been sending out care packages to our clients that indicated like hygiene necessities or educational material, hand sanitizers and gloves. And moving forward, we're actually looking at doing a food care package send out. So hopefully soon we'll get to do that. Yeah, I'd say that in addition, like just to kind of put it in numbers, I think our last round of care packages was around 200 clients and community members that we sent packages to. And then um, we also still have our newsletter that we send out, the WebEx platform. We also use it for our youth groups. For example, our Native Youth Coalition on Tuesday evenings, and then our Native Youth Wellness Group on Thursday evenings, too. That's really good to hear how you guys been thinking of ways and being able to manage under these circumstances and still provide for the community. So thank you guys for your services. Okay, so thinking of long-term changes, what do you see happening in the future when it comes to public health within Tucson Indian Center as you know, with this whole thing and and how long it has been taking and where we're still at, what are some of those future changes that you think might change, even if things do get better, where folks can start uh, congregating together, almost go back to normal? Um, I could take this one. This is Veronica. One thing that has, I want to almost say like a positive, something unprecedented that happened with TIC is that with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we were able to secure um, funding through mostly through Indian Health Services regarding serving our community. So a longtime dream of the Indian Center would be to provide clinical services like regular mm-hmm. doctor visits, being able to see a nurse and things like that. So with this extra funding that we have coming in, our hope is that we could leverage that funding and eventually be able to open like a TIC health services department that includes a doctor and nurse, hopefully one day pharmacy, you know, regular visits so that people can access and receive healthcare services under the Tucson Indian Center. So that's the plan for now, but it's a long time dream of the center and we'll see how that goes. And then I'll leave it to Drew and uh, Darlene if they want to add anything to like long-term vision. I guess I would just say, like, I think what I've been learning as far as, like, giving my programming through our current situation is that, you know, virtual classes, whether you're doing it through your website or through Facebook, which that's how we're mainly operating our videos through, found out we actually have a huge following. So that's something that I actually want to continue to uh, provide and add into how we provide services to our community. I think one video got up to like 30,000 views, which is really huge. I mean, 
uh, we were averaging a class size, live classes, I think about 20, 25 people at the most. So just to know that it was viewed 30,000 times, I mean, we just realized that there's so much more of an audience that we haven't really tapped into. So that's something I think everybody, not only TIC, but everybody across the country is probably realizing is how to better utilize our, our social media outlets and uh, virtual communications. Yeah, definitely keeping an open mind when it comes to engaging with our community, whether if it's uh, through a social media platform or just telephonically. I think technology itself being as rapid as it is, just keeping updated with it and finding ways to keep engaging with their community like that way. I do appreciate the videos too, Drew and the rest of the staff that have helped put those uh, videos together. It's been really cool to see, especially the one with the, the mesquite harvesting. I had never done that before, and it's a pretty easy process, it looks like. Okay, so one thing that is happening right now in Tucson is the Move Tucson initiative, which I'm also a part of, working as a street ambassador as the city of Tucson is preparing for a citywide transportation master plan, a part of the plan is inclusiveness. And our main goal is collecting online surveys and engaging people to participate in an online interactive map. And my role is to engage voices, perspectives, and get participants involved in the process or in conversation as well. And with that being said... Prior to all of this, what were some types of transportation services that you provide for your clients? So for the wellness department, since I was the wellness transportation person, it was more of transportation for our clients to medical or health services, whether if it was because of their mental health or substance abuse or just classes to better themselves or medical appointments, the general dental, physical appointments, or just to go and get their medications because some do have medications that had to be signed off for. But it was really hectic sometimes because of a lot, a lot of our clients depended on our transportation mm. uh, to and from their medical appointments. And in that case, other staff members would help with transportation but generally, that's pretty much the transportation that TIC offers. And it's base by base. Um, I believe at 55 and older, you were able to be picked up at home. Or unless you had uh, something additional where you couldn't meet at TIC, you could be able to be picked up from home and driven to your appointments. Or you would just meet at TIC and that would just be a meetup place to pick you up and go to your appointment. Um, and it was anywhere throughout Tucson city limits. And do you guys still offer, what is it, free bus passes? Currently, not right now because the bus fare is free. But when they do start charging, yes, we do. Typically, it's two bus passes per client every month unless uh, they show proof that they have ongoing medical appointments or different places that they need to be that's vital to them. Okay, cool. Is there anything else that could be added as far as um, transportation? I think it was, Drew, aside from the work that you do at TIC, you're a part of a, a cycling 
Am I am I uh, right? Yeah, I just became a, a league certified uh, bicycle instructor, which is a part of the American Bicycle Association here in the U.S. And so, it just allows me to you know teach bike safety, bike laws, just the basic mechanics of riding a bike and how to use it and stuff. So, we're actually working through the grant that I'm operating on having a bike club at TIC. So. You know, just creating more native visibility out on the roadways, Mm -hmm. uh, building kind of like um, a sense of uh, understanding of the laws within our community. Uh, That's what we're getting ready to plan for, hopefully when everything opens up. That's great to hear, especially for for folks who don't really bike ride, and I'm one of them. I mean, I've taken a ride down the Santa Cruz River on the bike paths, but I'm not really truly aware of the kinds of rules, laws that apply when you're actually uh, riding a bike in the streets as well. But that's pretty awesome. All right. Well, I got one more question before we end the interview. And that is, individually, how are you managing the changes that we're all experiencing due to the pandemic, whether that's through work, personal life, whatever it is that you you feel like you want to share during this time? Oh, I can go. I think time is what you make of it. So I really, on my personal and professional side, I have like goals and tasks that I kind of laid out at the beginning of all of this. And we first went to telework, just things to focus on to improve. Um, This has given me an opportunity to read things like manuals and other kind of uh, professional development communication, like just books, literature on how to improve myself. I'm definitely part of the exercise and more consistent about that since we're at home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think time is what you make of it. And then also, how do you use it? So, again, I'm trying to use it in the best way possible. Just so when I get back into the office, I'm ready, I'm prepared, and hopefully a little bit better than when I left. That's great. Thank you for sharing, Veronica. Yes, same. I think all this uh, time away from the office has really kind of built up a sense of... uh, eagerness to get back and put your best foot forward so that's definitely something I've been kind of doing as far as uh, work goes is just a lot of uh, education on how to better my position at TIC and um, as far as like personal stuff goes you know just keeping safe trying to wear a mask as much as possible hand sanitizing all that good stuff and also just trying to build up my immunity you know um whether that's running, exercising, biking, I think that's something that we don't necessarily hear a lot is like, you know, protecting yourself uh, from the virus. That's one thing. But how are you building your immunity is another. So just keeping active and eating healthy as much as possible. So, yeah, just want to echo that before the pandemic, personally, I saw that I was always on the go, whether it was work, school or just my personal life. Honestly, this pandemic was kind of like a blessing in disguise because not only did my professional life slow down, but it gave me the opportunity to re-bond with not only myself, but my family. Mm-hmm. Like there was more time that I was given to be at home and provide a home for myself and my significant other, whether if it was just restructuring and organizing things that I wanted and have been dying to do it was just these little steps every day that I could put more of myself into it spiritually mentally and physically 
And I think it was really needed, honestly. Definitely a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I know. I've definitely relate to a lot of what you guys are saying and uh, especially the immunity part, Drew. Um, there was a lot of folks, especially the ones who actually did get the virus and recovered from it. I've been hearing a lot of that same thing. They've been right away, they're wanting to build up their immune system, strengthen it more. So that's been a big part of all of this. And uh, yeah, family for sure. You know, coming home, I mean, I ended up having to come home. Uh, me and my husband uh, left Tucson, and now we're back on the res, but it's been really awesome to be back and be with family. And it's really cool to see all the really good things that friends and family are doing to occupy their time. Hidden talents are coming out, and that's really cool to see, too. But yes, thank you all for being a part of this interview. I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, if there is any last thing that you want to say, feel free to say it now. If not, we can go ahead and end the interview. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Uh, It's definitely uh, great to meet you and look forward to the podcast when it comes out. And again, if people have questions, they could contact the center. They can call us, email us. We're here to serve. So definitely we welcome all. And then um, just a few events that are coming up in the future. We're having um, still in planning for our back to school event. It'll be virtual. And then, um, for example, in the fall, our social powwow is also going to be virtual. So we still have some big community events that we're trying to plan um, for. And again, because we don't know what the pandemic is going to look like, um, we're gearing more toward the virtual side, but we'll see how that comes out. But um, people can be updated again through our Facebook and then through our website or simply calling us. And Geraldine and Drew, I don't know if you have any future events and activities coming up. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, follow our Facebook page. Um, We have some things coming up on there. Uh, We just found out that we're going to be doing a basic Navajo language classes. We're going to be doing a virtual run. So there'll be some incentives as far as medals and T-shirts go uh, with a little custom TIC logo on there. So be on the lookout for that. And then... um, I just spoke with uh, uh, Arizona State Museum representative. We're trying to do a virtual tour of that museum and their exhibits. So, uh, yeah, just please follow our Facebook page, Tucson Indian Center, and also uh, visit our website as well. And thank you, Tina. As wellness case managers, every week on Thursday, 530 to 630, we have our well-variety meetings. It's just a safe space for anyone and everyone to come, especially during this pandemic. We've noticed that a lot of people need a vent and just uh, share how they're feeling rather than keeping it all called all up, even when they're at home. So join us every Thursday from 5.30 to 6.30. Or if you don't want to be a part of that and rather just have want a one-on-one, uh, wellness case managers are always here for you and as well as the rest of the TIC staff. Thank you so much, Tina. This was a great opportunity and I look forward to uh, hearing this podcast and thank you for letting TIC just echo their services. Well, again, thank you all for being a part of this episode, episode 18 to all the listeners. Thank you for tuning in with your host, Tina Andrew.
I'm Lamia Lopez, and you just listened to Cultivating Indigenous Voices 